0: You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Summer is basically here, but that does not mean Midco SN's coverage of the local teams you care about is slowing down anytime soon. Stay tuned to Midco Sports Network's social media platforms for updates on UND hockey, football, hoops, and more. And don't forget about our original weekly shows coming this summer, like Midco Motorsports and Benchwarmers. That's Midco SN. This is how we do sports all year round. And this is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition, perhaps the final edition of the Bill Chaves podcast of this year, episode 37, taping this on a Monday morning, May the 13th, a beautiful spring day, along with producer David Folsky, University of North Dakota Athletics Director Bill Chaves. I'm Alexander Bill. Your thoughts on, on a beautiful May morning here in Grand Forks.
1: So thirty seven episodes in. So thank you to to you and uh, hosting Did a marvelous job. And David, uh, without you, this podcast doesn't exist. So let's begin and end there. Really, <laughs> I mean, we're we're definitely two and three uh, on, the on the ladder on the list.
0: That's Don't just, you think? Dave's the first name on the team sheet. There's no, no doubt no, about no that. No, no question yeah. about it.
1: But you know, I I thought this it, as as we went through the last week. We, so for 36 pods, we've pretty much kind of had an A side and then we flipped to a B side. Mm-hmm. So today, I, I think the A and the B side are actually colliding because last week, and again, we talk a lot about soccer on the B side, <laughs> but it's not even about soccer last week. It was about why we love sports. Mm. And then this past Saturday, we had a graduation graduation. And, and really, at the end of the day, why I'm in this is because really the educational piece that it's amazing what you can learn both inside the classroom and outside the classroom. And so really, I kind of felt the last seven days before we did this pod, it kind of felt like a collision. I yeah. mean, and, and I, I don't want to feel like we have to wait to the B side to talk about what happened in sport last week, because those back to back days where both of our teams I mean, ironically, found a way to win, and now June first. I mean, as much <laughs> as you you're two and zero against Tottenham. In some ways, it really doesn't matter doesn't much. Matter, yeah. You got ninety minutes right to uh, to kind of go figure it out on June first at two o'clock Central Time.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let's let's just talk about that. So this this past week, we recorded again a podcast last Monday. Last Monday, a week ago. And kind of had preferenced a little bit, you know, it's going to be a big week. There's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on from a UND perspective, a lot of stuff going on from a from a world soccer perspective with with Spurs and Liverpool both playing in European Championship semifinals. And both finding themselves in disadvantageous positions entering the week. And, uh, you know, to see both of the squads on Tuesday, Wednesday, basically come back from 3-0 down to pull off these incredible, miraculous, you know, once-in-a-generation type comebacks within 24 hours. If that that's what, yeah, incredible to set up this great uh, really a uh, uh, Chaves Heinert derby in Madrid coming up on June the 1st for a European championship. Uh, unbelievable stuff. I mean, unbelievable. How did you take in and we, we we talked on the phone earlier this week to just sort of hey, are, are everybody okay? Are we all right? Everybody doing okay? But how did you how did you absorb the events of Tuesday and Wednesday, both at Anfield and and well,
1: Tuesday, TV. you know, interestingly, so it, it, really, there's just so much to, to really talk about. And, and the reasons why, um, you know, we talk about reality TV, there's only one reality yeah. TV, and that's sport, right? I mean, you don't know what the end's going to be. You might think you know, but you never know. And what was interesting between these two matches, so, so you had one. One team have, playing at home in an incredibly historic venue where they've had a lot of things happen over the course of time. But for some to say that that was a special of a night ever there was just yeah. amazing. The, 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 the imagery and the scenes after the game if you if you couldn't if if you couldn't like i don't know feel the emotion even you know across the pond so to speak it was it was unbelievable and so you got that piece of the puzzle and then and then to, for for the spurs to have to go on the road and so now it's completely opposite now you now complete devastation for yeah. the home team mm-hmm. so you you had both of those things happening simultaneously and you know i i kind of thought it was over, uh, certainly at half. Why wouldn't you? Um, but much like Liverpool needed to score early, uh, so did Tottenham in, early in the second half, and they ended up getting two. So now it was now you're in it. Now you're in it. And uh, but it was just uh, an amazing, amazing two days.
0: Yeah, I did. for both teams to come back from three nothing down. You know, Liverpool winning four nothing in the second leg of their tie against Barcelona to move on to the championship of the of the Champions League, and then for Spurs to be down one nothing after the first leg and then 2 nothing in the first half and really played off the park and down three. So needing these three goals to, to book their ticket in the final 45 minutes, that seemed like such a mission impossible situation. Like how are you going to get back in this game? You've only got a half a football left to do so. And like you said, one man, Lucas Moore, does it all It gets the two goals early in the second half and then scores the winner, basically with the last kick of the game. I mean, just the 90, 96th minute of the match and he scores yeah, to not, send them off. Yeah, whatever, the
1: it was five minutes of extra and I think it was like 95.05 or yep. something like that. It was something <laughs> crazy. But the actual play where Sissoko kicks it direct to, uh, um, uh, to Lorente, who plays it, Right to Delhi, yeah. who then gets it to Mora. Who's I mean? I mean, n- no Ajax player touched it, and and they they traveled. I don't even know. Let's call it two thirds of the field, yeah. and it was just. Unbelievable, and you can just tell some of the folks that have watched and been around, um, you know, that type of uh, um, you know football, so to speak, uh, for 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 many many years. I think we're just uh, shaking their head; they've never seen anything yeah. like it. And then to watch the image of the Ajax players on the on the ground, yeah, I mean, it was just unbelievable.
0: There was a great, as you said, from the touchline cameras, you can see in the distance More and the rest of his teammates celebrating. I mean, complete utter joy and you just because they I don't think they believed what they had just done like it was incredible incredible like dead completely lost for dead when Ajax scored their second goal of the match the third of the tie the commentator said that Ajax off to the championship I mean like it was done I mean there three this this gap and for them to come back like that it, it, incredible so the, the Spurs are celebrating off in the corner and you see every single Ajax player in the picture four or five of them completely face down prostrate on the ground in the turf Complete despair because they had given up this incredible gift because that that's a club that has had a lot of success in the 70s mm-hmm. had not had a lot of do- you know domestic success yes the best team in Holland for a long time but certainly not to this level in Europe for a long time and uh, to see it slip away like that at home crushing the field. well
1: and just five minutes prior to that there's a corner
0: and, right. <laughs> it, and it looked like that, yeah it goes
1: off the post yeah. or goes off the crossbar yeah. and so uh, but yeah I you know so. Y- You've got that why we do what we do here. And then Saturday, you know, watching, you know, uh, a number of our student athletes cross the stage and watching their their parents and their family just excited. I mean, you know, you think of it this way, and there's there's two – there's a lot of days – probably not that not that many but but a few handful of days you'll remember the rest of your life, especially as a parent, the day you drop your son or daughter off to college and the day they graduate and and we get to be a part of, of two of those and so uh, and in, in between, kind of a lot of stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully there's a lot of growth and development and education that occurs. But you know, congratulations to all of our students at UND and uh, our student-athletes that graduated on Saturday.
0: Yeah, special day. 50 UND student-athletes in total picking up diplomas, either undergraduate or graduate degrees. Some obviously kind of doing both in a short period of time. Some who have picked up degrees, but will continue on with their academic and athletic careers here next yep. year. Uh, yeah, a great, great scenes. It's really, again, that, as you said, a special, special moment and, and great for this athletics department to be a part of that, to play a role in, in these student athletes' progression when they arrive on campus to when they do cross the tape, like you always like yeah, to say and pick right. up that diploma. Well, a- a-
1: Andrews Freeman and, and uh, um, his group in academics does a nice job of putting on a, a kind of a, how should I say a pregame event, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, between before the, uh, uh, the graduation, and so we we were able to celebrate with with those fifty student athletes and provide them their stole, a the student athlete stole, and, uh, and, and you know so we get to recognize them prior to the uh, graduation. It's just uh, just kind of a neat deal, and you know it, 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 I think. That particular tradition now, and it's either liter- it's literally two graduations old with the stoles. We yeah. did it in the winter, and we done it, we've done it in the spring now. But I can tell that's one of those things that um, is incredibly special and meaningful to, to not only the student athletes but the family as well.
0: Yeah, it's a big part of their life. I mean, it is a big part of their journey here at UND. No is Being obviously a student athlete when you graduate you need to be recognized for that when you cross and right. shake the hands and get the diploma. Very cool stuff. Uh, That, of course, was probably the kind of the highlight, the seminal moment of the weekend graduation on Saturday. There was a lot of UND athletics, though, going on over the course of the week as well. Teams finishing up in their particular Summit League Championships with softball and men's and women's track and field taking place uh, softball obviously not not finishing the way they wanted to making it to the tournament but then falling uh, in the first round to South Dakota State and again another another close loss at a, a low scoring four to two game in which they just couldn't quite get enough run support in the ends uh still though, a great season uh, for Jordan Stevens in their first year in the summit even if it doesn't end the way they wanted
1: yeah you know with that senior class that went out last year uh, I think there were certain there was uh, uncertainty within the uh, circle for sure right yeah. I mean and uh and I I think you know uh what we found out was we've got a lot of uh players that i, I we're going to look forward to watching for the for a, a number of years to come and uh only one way to get experience alex right to go do it and so uh yeah i i'll say you know i'm sure for the team disappointing that they uh you know lost that game to to south dakota state but it ended up being four really tight games with uh with the jackrabbits and so uh, uh unfortunately bowed out um season uh, concluded and uh um, track and field, almost in the same uh, vein, but we do have a couple, uh, for sure, regional participants.
0: Yeah, track not done just yet, uh, nope. so that, that's exciting. Um, I want one more quick thought on softball, by the way. This yeah. season ends 7-11 in the summit. They finish you know in fifth place in conference. Uh, three seniors wrap up their careers, but that means pretty much everybody's coming mm-hmm. back, including two all-conference players with Kayleen Schneider, who was the UND freshman of the year, named last week at the night of Excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, she picked up a second team on her, a freshman outfielder, and then Jalen Carpio, uh, a softball. Who went to the top of the order about midway through the season and just raked and really set the table. Um, Jalen, who's just a sophomore, she also picked up second team all summit as well. So fun to see some of those kids coming back. And this, by the way, if you're a UND person, this is a little reminiscent of what the team did back in 2016-17, where they had a, uh, you know, made the Big Sky tournament, had a, had a good year, a really good growth year with the group of kids that knew the majority of which were coming back, and then they rebounded the next year with the program's best season mm-hmm. in history. And so it kind of feels that this season was setting the tracks just like that 16-17 season did.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it, it, maybe with the one differential is that it, I, I think with Jordan having been here now as long as he's been here, Maybe they'll, there's kind of a a little bit more depth, so that maybe there's not that one class that will will graduate and have to hit a reboot, right. so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's enough depth now from a class standpoint that maybe you can kind of keep this thing kind of going on a, on a year to year basis. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this was maybe if you look at what they did last year, a, a mini step back. I mean, they had they obviously hit, hit yep. great heights last year, took a little step to sort of get everybody used to now new positions taken on leadership roles. They didn't have to completely restart. And then so that's a testament to Jordan being able to put the pieces in place. Now you think, well, now we can take maybe two steps forward next year, really springboard off some of the success that the young kids got this season um speaking of springboard and, and kind of building momentum against summit league track and field wrapping up in macomb this weekend uh the women a great finish finishing third uh, getting on the podium in the team awards that's really impressive because there are some deep teams in the summit league especially on the women's mm-hmm. side the men placing fifth both improving their stock from what we saw in the indoor championships a pretty good weekend all around a lot of podium finishes for our men and women out in western illinois
1: yeah and and, and certainly uh you know um you know, Kevin and, and Dick's kind of last go around as far yeah. as a conference, uh uh, championships, so uh, I want to make sure we recognize them as well. But, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, it would look like Molly and Kylie are the two that are, are headed to Sacramento for regionals at this point in time. Now, I guess anything could happen I, as we're recording this right now. Maybe there's some that are maybe in in play, so to speak. That provisional if, qualification. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So so at the end, uh, more to come. I, I you know, but when this comes out, we probably will have had it already on our on our mm. website.
0: Yeah, so stay tuned to that. <laughs> Go over to FightingHawks.com to find out exactly who's going on. Again, the NCAA West Regionals coming up at Sacramento State May 23rd and 25th and the NCAA National Outdoor Championships taking place in Austin, Texas in June. Uh, four school records set, by the way, this weekend. Uh, multiple people. Molly Detloff in the discus and the hammer. Heather Harrower in the 400. Kylie Foster in the pole vault. Izzy Waite in the high jump. All those kids earned runner-up honors at the Summer League Outdoor Championships. Then Erica Benson, Lane Herbert, the men's 4x1, they all got on the podium finishing third. And a number of other kids had really great weekends. So again, fun to see the majority of those kids wrap up their season on a high note. And we'll be watching to see who moves on with the opportunity to have all-American type outdoor campaigns. And like I said, you'd expect at least two, maybe one or two more might get the call to keep their season going.
1: And uh, kudos to uh, our track and field uh, participants that came back from a comb. Yeah, and uh, we're in the room at f- they came in at 4:30 in the morning and they made it out <laughs> made to it. Our, our our deal as well. <laughs> so uh, tip of the cap. That's right,
0: literally, literally tip of the graduation cap to those kids. That's right. Um, you talk about extending seasons. You know, some of these kids who have just wrapped up their graduation, extending their careers. A lot of kids kind of. Going pro, it was kind of the word around the buzz this past week with Lexi Klebo uh, signing a pro deal in Belgium last week. Um, we, already t- we talked a little bit last week about Brady Oliveira being drafted into the yep. CFL. Uh, Deion Harris, too. Uh, with, with a number of yeah. our football guys getting yep. opportunities with, with mini camps and, and these rookie, you know.
1: John, I think, was going to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, a, lo- a yeah. lot of different guys. Dion, it looks like, is going to be able to, to has, Spans, has been signed Redskins, yep, Signed yeah. up with, with the Washington Redskins. So cool to see some of those guys get a yep. chance, you know, guys and girls, to continue their athletic careers even post-UND.
1: Yeah, I, you know, if you have that opportunity to play at that level, this is the window of time to, to go do it. And, uh, you know, postpone, I would say, you know, uh, anything from uh, your, how should I say, academic career or mm-hmm. professional aspirations, you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, an opportunity that I think will help you the, the rest of your life. I mean, that's something that, you know, you're going to be able to take with you and uh, an experience that is uh, probably second to none. And you're playing, you know, in some instances at the highest level, right? That's I mean, right. no matter sure. where you're doing. So, so that that's all transportable uh, sort of, uh, you know, opportunities that you're going to have the rest of your life.
0: I know that uh, I had a chance to talk with Alexi during the Champions Ball two weeks ago, and she at this point she just had kind of signed her contract, and I just asked like, have you ever been to Europe before? Have you ever kind of experienced? What do you kind of expect? And she'd never had never made that travel across the ponds, and had had some people that have been giving her advice on what it's going to be like. But she was just excited for the opportunity to get to keep playing, and in a league like that, the Belgian league is a good league in yep. Europe. She'll get a chance to continue growing, and maybe an opportunity comes up to move back stateside. We've seen kids, by the way. It, that have been summit league performers go overseas, perform well, and then come back. Nicole Seacamp, by the way, who's a kid from the University of South Dakota and Australian, got a tryout with the WNBA, had to didn't didn't make it initially, went to Australia, played there for a couple of years professionally, had a lot of success, and now she's back in the WNBA. Yep. So just because she you know Lexi didn't get the shot right away doesn't mean you couldn't earn yourself a spot as yeah. time goes by. You
1: know, in a in a in a weird way, um you know i think from a financial standpoint the better places are you know playing over in europe or playing overseas. From a contract, yes. From a contract standpoint. Obviously, I think, obviously, if you've grown up in the United States, you want to play in the WNBA. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, we've read a number of articles where even for the high highest of the high-level WNBA, WNBA players, it's tough.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Diana Taurasi would go every year and go play in Russia. Like, that was kind of what it was. She had to finally take
1: a year off. I mean, there was just, you know, yeah. it just was too much pounding, probably, on the body, so to speak. And going to Russia was really the way yeah. – she really made, probably made her living, so to speak. Yeah,
0: if you want to look at that too, so, I mean Brianna Stewart, who was the MVP of the league, you know, former UConn great, mm-hmm. uh, just tore her ACL she playing did. in Europe, and so she's going to have to miss the WNBA season. Yeah, but that's what they—you kind of have to do, not to make ends meet, but to, to make a comfortable living and to keep doing what you want to do. That—that's kind of the nature of where that sport is a little bit right now, where you do get a little yep. more. Reimbursement, you get you get a better contract. You do if you're playing in France or playing yeah, just playing do. someplace else. And you
1: know, I think going to like a Belgium, I mean, what a great opportunity, right? Oh I yeah, mean, just you're the right. waffles
0: alone, Bill. Oh,
1: I, I mean, you're but you're right in the middle. <laughs> I mean, holy yeah. cow, away you go.
0: No, that'll be a great opportunity for uh, a number of our UND kids have had a chance to do that. Over, you think about that's Quentin great. Hooker recently playing basketball sure. overseas, et cetera. It's, it's just great life experiences Ooh. to get to go. So yep. good for Lexi, Brady, Dion, everybody else that's kind of in the midst of this. Best of luck as they continue their athletic careers post-UND. Um, I should ask you right now, and we talked a lot, if you want to learn more about the UND coaching searches, and we talked about volleyball and men's basketball and the assistant coaching position for men's hockey, if you want to learn more about the process of that, listen to episode number 36. Check out last week's podcast for more details. But I, I did want to, I know we're still kind of in that dead period of the 10 business days once those jobs have been posted where you can't really report. Not, not much is new to report, but I should ask, just, I mean, you know, if you want to, anything new to report on that front.
1: No, of... I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I do, I, I that, that gives us a little, bit of a um, bump to say, go back to uh, episode 36, because that'll give you the, the the thought process of where we are. No, I mean, I, I would say I'm chomping at the bit, but at the yeah. end, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do right now other than to, uh, you know, uh, appreciate and abide by the process and, and away you go. And, you know, you, we have these processes in place because, you know, that's... Uh, um, you know, over the course of time, that's that's been the best uh, avenue to uh, to bring people here as employees, and so uh, um, so we'll make sure. And uh, 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 once once we're able to go, then it's it, then it's kind of time to go, yeah. if you will. And so uh, at one point, you know, I thought we were the only job available, but. We're, we're now connected with the University of Michigan as well, say, yeah. with uh, Coach Beeline going to the Cavaliers.
0: We can confirm that John Beeline is not going to be the head coach of the University of North Dakota next year. That's one we can take, probably more than likely, 99 yeah, if, if
1: he was on the list, my <laughs> guess, uh, yes, we probably could take him off the list. And congratulations to him. What's great opportunity oh, man, for awesome. him to go to a, a, yeah. an, an, uh, an NBA job. And uh, it's logical, I mean, I, you know, uh, for yeah. what he's done, for sure.
0: Upper Midwest guy. Keeping it close, and you know, for Cleveland's, yeah, why not bring a bring a high-character guy into that program? Try something different. They've tried a lot of, you know, they have. know assistant coaches, guys, that, guys that have come mm-hmm. from Europe, and you know, over like, they've had a lot of different people in that role, so. They're going to have a high lottery pick coming in this next year, and they'll have a young team to rebuild, so why not bring in a guy that has had a lot of success at the college level to do so? No doubt, no doubt. Well, we'll keep you posted, certainly. And we we mentioned at the top, this is kind of the, the season finale of the Bill Chaves podcast this year, but that doesn't mean information on this search or more opportunities to hear from Bill when those hires get made, obviously those will be available. We're going to have a lot of opportunity to chat about those things. And we're leaving open the possibility of maybe doing a little summer special yeah. maybe at the beginning of June, maybe once things kind of become a little more solidified. So it doesn't mean this is the end by any no, stretch.
1: No, but, but, but I think the, the couple of things with the podcast is you want consistency and um and and honestly, you want good content, yeah. and uh, obviously the, the the academic year provides us the content, and uh, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense if we just uh, are are straightforward and transparent and say, look, if we maybe do one more because some things have built up, we'll uh, we'll get that out. But once uh, once the school year starts again, we'll try to be as consistent as possible because I think that's probably worked for 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 us, and hopefully it's worked for you too, Alex, but, uh, but that's a, uh, I, you know, people kind of, if, if, if you're sporadic about it, I think it's tough to follow a podcast.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. No, it's, this has been a a fun first year. I mean, being a part of this and hopefully again, for, for those of you that have listened, hopefully you've gotten you know, the, the goal was always to try and just give a little insight to what what's going on in the University of North Dakota Athletics Department from Bill's chair. You know, Bill's thoughts. Hopefully, that's what you've been able to experience through this and know a little more about our student athletes and the programs here in Grand Forks. And that's going to be the goal come twenty nineteen twenty. Which again, is just <laughs> summer's here, but it's going to be yep. three quick months and fall camp is going to start happening. And we're going to be talking about volleyball and football and everything else that's going on in the fall. It's just this cycle happens so quick. Yep. Before you know it, we'll be back in these chairs.
1: Yeah. We never intended it to, to replace the content that our great staff puts out or, or what the the coaches are doing. It really was more of, it's just a, a thought of what, well, how does that, what's the lens of, of the, you know, the athletic director or administrator uh, lens as far as when things occur. And so, uh, that at least was the thought process gives you a little bit more long form to be able to, to, to surround, uh, you know, uh, how should I say sound bites with more context and, uh, and so hopefully folks have enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, as this, we are kind of wrapping up a little bit, we've already touched a little bit on the B side with, with soccer talk and all those types of things. And, and that's been a lot of fun as well, by the way. So thanks for listening and kind of bearing with us. Because it is it is a big part of sort of our sporting lives is, mm-hmm. you know, just not just things at UND, but outside the world with Red Sox, et cetera, and everything else that's been going on. Um, I do want to ask you, as you look back on this year now that students have graduated the university itself is kind of now in this summer period. When you look back on the 2018-19 school year, what's going to stand out to you?
1: Perspective. I think we got a lot of perspective on uh, going into a new league. And I think, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, hockey's not in a new league and uh, football will be joining a new league next year. Uh, and, And we're still kind of in sort of foot in two pools if you will and so uh you know obviously uh that 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 will be that way for for one more year but i think for the majority of our sports i think it you know we did being first time around a track on 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 a league and we've done it a couple of times here to some degree with the great west and the big sky and and now the summit i just think perspective I, i i think it gives us you know an idea of you know who, who were challenged, who were being challenged by, who were battling, uh, you know, kind of how to get there. Um, you know, a lot of those types of things. And, and I think, uh, we're going to be better for it, for sure. Um, you know, I think if you probably went down the line to all of our sports, they probably would have said, you know, wish we had a better season, but, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, maybe it didn't occur. But I think one of the reasons why it might not have occurred to some level is because that newness um, that will not, that, all those first time things. <laughs> for the program. Now, if you have a first time coach in a chair, it's going to be first time for that coach too. So, so there's some of that, that Mm -hmm. we're going to have to grind through next year, which, you know, that's just part of the game.
0: Yeah. Kind of transition for football, literally transition year two coming up in in 2019. But for some of these sports, as you said, that we'll have new coaches, it will kind of be another learning year of figuring out how New personalities, new fits, all those types of things. It's it's kind of that always evolving process of growing to the point where you want to be. I'm uh, sure that never stops. Yeah,
1: well, and I, I say this is it doesn't matter where the coach comes from. That could be internal or external. It's gonna be a process. Yeah. Year one is year one is a transition year and in um and you know, because if the if the coach is internal, it's a transition in positions. And that, that becomes difficult, uh-huh. right? It's that whole six-inch thing on a basketball bench, right? To go six inches, life changes a whole lot. Yeah. And so, uh, um, but if you're coming from an external position or or somewhere else, now all of a sudden everything's new to you as well. So, uh, you know, um, but, you know, that's kind of why we're here and uh, we'll hopefully, you know, support whomever is sitting in those chairs and, and away we go.
0: Yeah, there we go. Good. Good. Anything else on your mind as we kinda of wrap up this this particular segment of <laughs> podcast no. era wrapping up year one?
1: Yeah, no, let's let's flip to the beat just a little bit. We kinda of touched on soccer a little bit. It'll be yeah. fun. It really will be. The June one thing is just I, I would have never guessed that, that that the Spurs would be there.
0: It's it's their first European championship in club history, so that's a big deal. Or their, their, their first their first appearance at yeah. least, yeah. Um, so the opportunity to lift a European trophy for the first time would be big, and it would be it's Liverpool's. I don't know. They've they've been to a lot of finals. They've they've won it five times the European Championship. So uh, it's so unique. This doesn't happen very often that two teams from the same league meet up in the title. It's happened randomly. It, uh, Man United played Chelsea a couple of years ago in Moscow. We, we saw it with Atletico Madrid played Real Madrid a couple of years ago in the Champions League final. Dortmund played Bayern a couple of years ago at Wembley in the Champions League final. But it's still unique that you get two teams that have seen each other and know each other so well right. meeting up for the the title of the best club team on the continent and in reality, the best club team in the world when you, when you look at it. Yep. This, this is the best soccer in the world and this, these are the two teams. By It'll it be interesting.
1: I, I... um. You know, I think both teams should come in at fairly healthy. I mean, I know uh, it's such a long season and there's so much, especially when you're playing on in different tournaments and you go further. But I think both teams, you know, knock on wood, should come in it fairly healthy. It'll be fascinating to see how it goes because they know each other so well. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be like either the greatest game we've ever seen <laughs> or it's going to be this thing where they're just really tentative to make any mistakes. Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: Finals typically bring that out in teams where it, the, the spotlight's a little bit brighter and you maybe play a little tighter than you normally would. Like you said, though, both, both teams should be fit. You know, Harry Kane should be back for Spurs. Should um, Bobby Firmino should be back for Liverpool. Both teams should be pretty much at full strength. And you're playing essentially at a neutral site where a third of the tickets are going to be Liverpool fans, a third will be Spurs, and a third will be dignitaries and people that maybe don't really know a whole lot about soccer. So it'll be a unique atmosphere at the, the Wanda Metropolitano Stadium. <laughs> This is Atletico Madrid's home stadium, yep, Yep. so uh, it should be fun. You know, it's one of those... How have you experienced Champions League finals before? Have you tuned in to watch these in the past? I did. Yeah. I,
1: I have. And uh, and again, I'm I'm am very uh, I'm very new at this game, so to speak. But Atletico, the poor manager, he was losing his mind that one that one game. I think mm. he was playing Real. Was he playing Real or Barcelona? oh uh,
0: Real in, in Real. the final. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah.
1: I don't know what happened there, but it was uh, it it was. How should I say? He was pretty passionate. <laughs>
0: he was pretty passionate. Diego Simeone is a passionate man yeah. that would that would be spot on, yep. yeah, well, because that is it. I mean, it is this big European night it's you know after all the other league seasons are done, it's kind of the last club game of the year before you enter these you know inter- international tournaments, et cetera in the summer times. and there's just typically it produces really incredible moments that live on for a long time. that's always the hope when you get yep. to a final
1: what's what's funny is this is how I can tell I really. Don't get it yet, or, or I don't understand it because I'm going to say something that is going to be a head shaker. I know, and I know I, it, it just is what it is, but I, I kind of feel this way. So, the the Europa um, Cup or right, Europa, yeah, Championship, B- B- Europa League, yep, yep, mm-hmm. is, is going to be uh, it's going to have two more English Premier teams, Correct. and I find myself hoping Arsenal. Does beat Chelsea for a couple of different reasons. For some reason, I don't mind Arsenal, and I should as a Tottenham fan. You should. I should. I should. <laughs> but you know. But I. The I, heart I, wants
0: what it wants, Bill. But it, I don't.
1: It's... But Chelsea bothers me more than yeah. Arsenal for whatever reason. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind a fifth team in.
0: Sure. From sure. The Premier League. That would that would be if Arsenal win the Europa, then they would be in the Champions yeah. League as, as the holders. Yeah. so of that it doesn't
1: bother me. But it's funny as I sat and he got back last night, and I just turned on like the last uh, five minutes of the Sixers game. Hmm. As a Celtic fan, I found myself definitely not rooting for the Sixers, right. and so it's just funny how that works. I yeah. mean, it so that means I'm just not there yet. Like, like I, this <laughs> hatred for Arsenal, I'm just yeah. I don't have it.
0: It has to be pretty deeply ingrained, and you know, I think it's different. I think if you live in West London totally, and you experience right? that, and or North London, excuse me, and you've grown up with that, like there's,
1: and Arsenal had yeah. a tremendous run. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, they're just
1: little brother, right? Tottenham for I mean, it's probably still little brother to some degree. But but this is probably tough for Arsenal to swallow.
0: I would say extremely tough. Yeah, I think the fact that they're going to finish outside the top four for the third straight year. And even though they could win a European Cup, which would kind of paper over some of that, if Spurs were to win the big one to win the Champions League, that would be that'd be tough. For gunner, for for uh, for the Gunners to take. Yes.
1: Well, and, and really, then if that's either way, whatever happens on the first, it, there's it, you can easily say, opened a new stadium, Champions League again for for next year, and then made it at least to the Champions League final, yeah. maybe maybe winning it.
0: Feels like a pretty big accomplishment. That's I, pretty and good. It really is. I mean, this has really been the their, <laughs> even though you finished fourth in the league on a lot of senses, one of the, you know, obviously one of the best Spurs seasons in club history to make it this far and would be capped off with the, the, their first European trophy. It would be the best season probably in kind, club
1: history. Kind of funny. They, they, uh, as I was watching them yesterday, just uh, kind of climb through and just <laughs> eke through to uh, to the Champions League. Uh, Thirteen losses was more than the, the the last two years combined. Yeah, but they won matches. They didn't they tie. Did.
0: Not a lot of draws. Yep, and that's that was enough to, to pull them into that four spot. And you know, the goal again, as always, try and win the title, or you, or if you can't do that, finish top four. And then see how far you can get in these cup competitions. And like I said, you checked a lot of
1: boxes That's this right. year,
0: and I think you're going to be able to keep your manager and keep your squad together. And you open a new stadium. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing
1: right now. He's kind of talking. He's about, kind of talking about walking away, which is kind of unique. I, I don't know what he's doing there, but you know, he's got a reason to do it. Yeah. He's a smart guy, so there's something <laughs> happening there. I I, I think there's a. Uh, there's something happening with that, but I think they actually are um, discussing uh, getting a player or two in the next transfer window. That's what I've heard. It's shocking.
0: They've had the first time in a while. that They're it actually going to buy somebody. Oh, they awesome. got the stadium now. Do, really quick, give me a prediction. If, I'm going to put you on the spot. So June the first match ends. I
1: think Liverpool is. Um, I think Liverpool for sure is is the better team, but that day. I, I think the Spurs are dangerous I, I think I, I think that's a t- I, if I were the if I were Liverpool, I would have preferred to play IX I, I mean I think the Spurs will go in and um, again, Liverpool may win because they're the better team, but I think they're going to have their hands full that day
0: yeah i I wanted IX I mean more so than Spurs in that match. I think that would have lined up a little better from a tactical standpoint I think and you know now you play the Tottenham team that knows you very well and knows yeah. what you want to do and they play similar styles they do I, we saw that during the year you know in the two league meetings this season like, close good good game I mean obviously Liverpool won both but it was you know tight tight matches
1: and I could see a Man City type game that was played at Man City I, I think I think both teams will let it rip yeah. now how does Liverpool approach it right now they had this historic season and finished second amazingly yeah. which would have won the Premier League probably in every year every
0: other year but two other than the last two city with 100 points last year and 98 points this year the only two single season marks in the Premier League era greater than what Liverpool so is done there
1: pressure year. on Liverpool to have to deliver do you think uh,
0: you know um I mean yes I think so I mean because Klopp they've we've come close so Liverpool were in the Europa League final a couple of years ago and lost to Sevilla they were in the Champions League final last year and lost they've been in the League Cup final twice now under... Well, I'm sorry, maybe just once under Klopp and lost. They've been second in the Premier League now three times in the last 10 years. Like, we've just been nearly men a lot lately. And I think, in, in a sense, yeah, there's pressure, especially when you're playing Spurs, where it's a team that you've kind of... Hey, this is a team that we've beaten that we know we're better than. It would be different if they were playing Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern in this stage because mm-hmm. it's, it's different. But you're playing a fellow Premier League team I, you know, I think they'll be the favorites going in. I, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. But you know, all those things don't matter on the day. You know, and I think they've they've had enough of a. I don't know. Their season's been so good, it would feel a little bit. They need to lift a trophy. Like they deserve a trophy at this point. No offense to the Spurs. Yeah, have a great year. Although it's only but, been
1: years for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been three. Decades. I mean, you, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. So, so, yeah.
1: uh, so I think that's kind of the thing. I think Liverpool really does from. This year's perspective really should lift a trophy. The Spurs probably this is years and years in the making.
0: Yeah, and this and this is I think for, in a weird way for for Tottenham this would be a very nice icing on the on the on the already nicely frosted cake. Like this was unexpected to make this run. Liverpool, I think, after making it to the final last year, and then with their domestic success this year i think they knew we've got what it takes to go and win the whole thing yeah. and not that spurs didn't but i think that th- this is this has been building the last couple of years and i think they they feel like they are ready and they've gone through the heartache so you haven't suffered enough yet bill you need to suffer a little more before you before yeah. you let this trophy. no
1: no it, it, you <laughs> have to if you're there you better make hay
0: yeah because, uh, that's because it you, don't, you, know, you don't may know. never get back you don't again. know when you're gonna and, get back.
1: and and for the spurs i mean you're saying eh. Do, do you really want to play Liverpool? Well, yeah, I'd rather play them than Barcelona yeah. in Spain. And so, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I, I, it worked out the way it needed to work out. But yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's like getting to the final four for the first time. You know what? Just because you haven't been there before, doesn't mean mm-hmm. you shouldn't try to figure out how to win the darn thing. Yeah, because sure. you may never get back again. Mm-hmm. That and so you know, again, uh, I, I'll say this, Spurs. I'll leave I'll leave it with this. Why not us? <laughs> Why not us? But our Red Sox have, have done better. Yeah, this has been, we talked on this
0: uh, last week where it feels like they're, you know, kind of coming around. Things have kind of changed a little bit. Yeah, hitting better now. Um, there they're, was a lot of talk this last week about the divide of the locker room with, yeah. the, with you know, the, the whole thing. I, I think they've done a nice job of pushing that off and putting that on yeah. the back pages and not focusing on couple, who who attended the White House ceremony who didn't. A cu-
1: couple of the guys I thought were interesting and I thought they left it right where they needed to leave it was, you know, they made a decision to do, to do what they wanted to do because it, they wanted to visit the White House or they wanted to do, they wanted to keep po- politics as, as much as far away from it as possible. If people did have their political views, that's up to them to have mm-hmm. it. So I think they've done okay, and they're you know I where you can tell things have gone okay is the run differential has changed dramatically, mm-hmm. and you know, they're scoring runs and just JD Martinez is heating up, and so yeah. you know I, what are they like three games out of first now?
0: I was just going to double check. Yeah, it's it's something like that. They've really climbed from the cellar where things looked so wasn't poor. wasn't great, well, mm, not not fantastic to now where you can see oh this this is the team that we saw last year. Again, like you said, pitching still needs some work to find that Although consistency. Sales
1: Pitched better. I don't know what his velocity's been. Do you know what it's been? Oh, I, I, I do really don't. Either that. do not. Either do I. Although he's pitched better. So and I think Price will be coming back. So yeah, they're, they're, you know what? That the way I look at it, um, I was looking at the, the entire American League. Eh, it's going to be hard to, for them not to make the playoffs. I think. I mean, if they're going to play like this, it's you know who knows yeah. what Tampa does. Tampa's Tampa's uh, just they're pesky. But I'm just not sure they can hang with the Red Sox and Yankees for 162. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. They might be able. I, I don't know.
0: It's possible. Very deep team. Very deep, talented young. Young. Yep.
1: Their one guy went on, on the DL, though, the the one that was throwing gas against us yeah. a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So well, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And the Twins, for David's sake, I mean, still, you know, they're, still they're hanging it. in.
0: Four games up on the Indians up yep, in the Central, playing well. I'm. So, I,
1: I am really rooting for them. I, I. would love to see them win that versus the Indians.
0: They've given themselves a good enough start to make that a possibility. Both home and away. Yeah. So.
1: And the Astros are starting to do their thing.
0: Tw- uh, yes. Yes, they are. The Astros run differential. Differential, by the way, is so a plus sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So Twins, by the way, plus fifty one in run differential. With that four-game advantage, 25 wins, second best in the AL. Sox, by the way, you, you were right. Three games back, but they're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah, they've won five in a row. They're building some momentum. So it's
1: well, I think they were six and 13 at one point. in time. They they
0: were, yeah. So that wasn't good. No, nah, not great. Now though, uh, three games above 500. Yep. So it's watch it's, out it's everybody. To, yeah,
1: that's yeah, right. Just got to be
0: patient. It's way too you get, you're Always too early to panic. I know it's scary when guys aren't throwing. When when the, when the pitching is not does not look good at all. And it's April. That's a concern, but.
1: Plus, we didn't win spring training games either. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was my first red flag. But no, they're they're coming around. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be just fine in the end. So hopefully, when we when we pot again, again, maybe a little summer special coming up in June. Perhaps the trajectory will continue on this path, and we'll have some good things to talk about. So, well, good. Well, that's gonna do it for the Bill Shapes podcast in the twenty. 20- school year. Thanks again so much for listening. On behalf of David Folsky, who again as we mentioned earlier does a phenomenal job keeping things rolling and putting this all together for Build Shaves, I'm Alex Seinert. We'll talk soon. Enjoy the summer. Take care.